0: beer but how can you make the best damn beer around you come to the right place we talk with homebrewers professional brewers and experts in the community to make you a better more informed drinker and brewer this is the brewers quorum the official podcast of the latter brewers
1: homebrew club Hey everybody and welcome to the Brewers Quorum Podcast. This is the official podcast of the Day Brewers. I'm sitting here with Andrew Ayers, the president of the Day Brewers, and Mark Emery, who is the events coordinator. I myself am Eric Openshaw. I'm the uh, communications director of this club. We wanted to start out today. If you notice, we have a name for the podcast, you guys. How exciting is that? It's very exciting. It's Super very exciting. exciting. right? That means that someone has just won $25 to Salt City Brew Supply, and that person would be... Who is it? Ed Sandusky. Oh, look at that. Long-time member. Yeah, long-time member Ed. Uh, So congratulations to Ed for winning that $25 gift certificate to Salt City Brew Supply. So let's start out a little bit. I'm going to actually turn it over to Mark Emery today because uh, he's the events coordinator. He knows he's the events guy. Yeah. He's the guy that we all go to to find out what exactly is happening in the community. So what is going on right now? What do we have
2: coming up? Yeah, we got a lot of things coming up in the club. I mean, just yesterday, we finished up the uh, Real Home Opener Homebrew competition. Yeah, how much
1: fun was that? That was a lot of fun. I mean, time. we had at time. least
2: six or seven different club members representing yeah. there um, and a bunch of other community members, which was a great event. Um, our next event, though, coming up is going to be on March 18th. It's our First big brew day of the year. We're going to be trying to do a couple of those throughout the year. Um, it's going to be held at one of the club members' house. Uh, more details will be out on the website and in the next club meeting. Um, but we'll be able to bring your gear over to a central location, brew up some recipes, share some food, share and some laughter. And
1: that's the AHA one, right?
2: Um, potentially, potentially. Yeah, it's uh, it's not necessarily going to be their recipe, um, but okay. it's uh, we might be able to do something in conjunction with that. Great. Um, we're also having our uh, next club meeting coming up on the twelfth. Um, that, that's just before the brew, big brew day. Um, so I believe this one's a closed club meeting. So It's an open club meeting and it's going to take place at Shades of Pale, right? Yep, that's right. Uh, Marcio is going to be doing a little presentation on um, sort of his quality control that he does for Shades of Pale. Um, we'll also be handing out club membership cards. So if you haven't paid up for this year, make sure you pay up before that meeting. That way you can get your club gift. We have yeah. a nice little gift picked out for everybody. Um,
1: membership card is extremely important since yes obviously it gets you the 20 or the, the 25 the 5 percent off yep. discount yeah. at salt city right? getting ripped
0: off this whole time uh, yeah twenty five percent.
2: yeah so uh, make sure you sh- show up for that one it's going to be a good time um and then our n- next event which is uh in conjunction with salt city brew supply is lagerpalooza coming up on april 7th um entries need to be in before or may 7th rather entries need to be in before the end of april um, so if you got a logger that you like, you want to enter it into competition, it's a great opportunity. It's loggers only. Um, so no ales this time. Um, but, uh, it should be a good event coming up, sponsored by Salt City Brew Supply. Cool. One of the things we wanted to try
1: to talk about today is uh, some of the influence on home brewing in the local beer scene. We're going to talk about this a little bit coming up in our uh, our next segment. But um, Andrew, I kind of wanted to turn this over to you. Uh, there's a lot of home brewers who have gone on to bigger, more professional things, and I think that it's really important to note that in our brew club. I mean, this is this is a way to go from
0: seriously nothing to to being a professional, right? Absolutely. And uh, you know, if you're a home brewer. You want to learn about homebrewing, it's a great place to be. If you're a homebrewer and you want to think about being a professional, it's a great place to be. Also, like you said, we have a lot of professional brewers, and not only do they share their experience with just brewing in general, uh, their techniques, their tips, their recipes, their progression, but they'll talk to you about the industry, they'll talk to you about coming up and, and figuring out where jobs are, things to look at, things to be educated on, to look for jobs. So uh, anybody that wants to do anything in the brewing industry will find someone to talk to at the uh, homebrew club. Yeah, there's always someone to talk to at the homebrew club,
1: and that's that's what's such uh, such a great thing about our club is the fact that there's always someone who's going to be at your same level. There's always someone who's going to be better than you, and there's always someone who's going to be not as good as you. Which that's a cool thing because you can you can take on the people who are not as good as you and kind of bring them up to where you are. You can go to the people who are the professional brewers and say, hey, what can I do to make this this beer better? Um, and you you can talk to the people who are doing what you do right now. Maybe you're you're having some issues with uh, mash pH. I mean, something as simple as that, uh, and you can just talk to someone right across the table and say, "Hey, what what am I doing wrong?" Yeah.
0: And if you if you think about the influence that we have on the beer scene, you talked about the influence. Uh, not so much that you know we we don't run the beer scene. Obviously, we're a homebrew club. But with the professional brewers that come in, a lot of them will come in with their professional recipes or their beers that they've brewed at the brewery and say, hey, what do you think about this? I'm thinking about making this change or I'm thinking about making that change. So we really do have a lot of impact on, on what the Utah beer scene looks like and how it, how it moves. And the things that we do in the club, a lot of the times the things that people brew in the club end up at the commercial breweries. Yeah. Or the idea is the concepts yeah. for them.
2: A lot of the professional brewers that are in the clubs are still avid home which yeah. are why they're members of the club. I mean, they brew on a 20 barrel 200 barrel like system at their day job but then they'll go home at night or on the weekend and then brew up something personal for them because at the commercial scale you have to do the same recipes over and over again and homebrewing allows them to have that experimentation and that trial and error um, and just a little bit more creativity that a lot of us enjoy about homebrewing yeah um and it's that's what it is we're a homebrew club we're not a professional brewing club exactly um and so it's homebrewers of all skill levels all walks and traits and It's just a great place to gain knowledge from all those different people. Because even someone who's new into the hobby, maybe is thinking about something in a different way than somebody who's been doing it for 20 years and they're just stuck in their traditional ways of doing things
1: yeah and i know that something that we want to do and this is something that you're spearheading mark uh going into the club uh, in the future one of the things that you want to do is really start doing those big brew days on a more regular basis i know personally it helps me to see how other people brew Mm -hmm. instead of just talking about it sometimes having that kind of visual and and hands-on experience
2: yeah having that social brewing environment like it's really helped me as well because even if you're not there brewing on that day you get to watch people you get to see how they're doing it ask Questions as the day is going on. Uh, people that have bigger setups, like we can team up with other people, and that way you do get the hands on system, um, but you're not necessarily the one in charge. It's like you get to sort of be a brewer for the day, which in some instances can be really nice because you don't have to have that much stress of it being your batch of beer. You have yeah, somebody who's experienced, um, is very into their system, they know all the little uh, kinks and things that need to happen, um, and you can just experience it that way. But then it comes right down to you can just do an extract batch that day, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I mean, I know many people, um, Kyle just posted the other day about how, oh, I haven't got had a enough time to do an all green batch lately so I just did an extract batch and it's not just an extract batch it's as long as your basics are good it's still going to be a great beer and it's going to be awesome
1: yeah and even coming to those big brew days it's pretty cool because you'll see people with the you know just a kettle put an extract into the kettle you'll see people with cooler systems where they're you know either sparging or or doing uh batch sparging or fly sparging doesn't matter mm-hmm. um, but then you also see people who are having full electric setups right mm-hmm. who actually bring their whole herm systems in yep. and yeah, <laughs> they'll yeah, they're, actually they're run they're Travel there, herb yeah. system <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. that fits into the entire bed of the truck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah that's something cool. I'd like to actually spend more time on in the clubs. You know, we talk a lot about recipes. We talk a lot about techniques. We talk a lot about just beer styles in general, how we brew them, what we do to, to achieve the result we want. But we don't talk a lot about equipment. We don't really share a whole lot. Right now with everybody i think everybody kind of knows what everyone else has as equipment but we don't really talk about those little things like mark was mentioning the little intricacies the the nuances of everybody's setup and how to account for that when we're talking about making the same beer if i give mm-hmm. you a recipe obviously you've got to make some changes exactly and i don't know what your system is and you know it and i think that's something as a conversation we can really have better as a club is is you know how do we help each other find those things in our own systems to make them better yeah absolutely we're going to
1: start talking a little bit about what the latter Brewers are all about. Uh, with us, we've got Mark Emery, who is the events coordinator of the latter Brewers, and also, of course, Andrew Ayers, who's the president of the latter Brewers. Uh, I want to turn it over to Andrew and just kind of let him discuss a little bit about what's going on with the mission of this particular group, what we do, why we do it, all those kind of fun things. So, Andrew,
0: go ahead and take it away. Uh, thanks, Eric. So, yeah, the Latter-day Brewers have been around for several years now. I've been a part of the club for, I believe, four years, and uh, it was in in existence several years before that, started by uh, previous members that we had, Chance Davis and Michael Peasley. And the reason why they kind of got the club together was because they were looking for an opportunity to brew together, an opportunity to share ideas, and really to kind of just embrace the hobby in a way that... Kind of expanded their own horizons and uh, their own vision of it. <clears throat> so the, gr- the club grew pretty quick. Uh, there's a very strong homebrew uh, society here in Salt Lake City, and there's a lot of people who want to be involved. We have a lot of high-level people in the club, uh, very experienced brewers. And let's, let's talk a little bit about
1: some of those people, not sure. to get you off, too off track, but uh, tell us some of the people who are in the the group who have maybe um, kind of gone on to become professionals in the in the field, like maybe
0: some of the breweries they've started. Sure. So, uh, as I mentioned, Chance Davis was one of the original uh, members of the club, one of the founders of the club, and he went on to be uh, one of the workers at Epic Brewing. Uh, he's, he's there, and also uh, Clay Turnbow, who, is, who was the brewer at uh, Epic Brewing also, and he's now the head brewer at Two Row Brewing. Uh, we've got Ryan Buxton, who was a member of the club, who was also the head cellarman at Epic Brewing. He went on to become the head brewer at X Nova in Portland. Uh, let's see, who else do we have? Well, we had Brian who uh, now owns Two Row Brewing. He's a member of the club as well. And we have Nils Inboden, uh, who is now the head brewer up at Wasatch in Park City. So we have a lot of people that are involved in the industry, not just in home brewing, but in the beer industry itself. And they've lent a lot of their expertise, a lot of their experience, uh, provided support for the club in terms of materials, space. Uh, They've really helped build the club into what it is.
1: Cool. Let's go on and talk a little bit more about the mission. Sure.
0: So as we've expanded, we've tried to embrace all of the people in the uh, in the brewing society, not just professional brewers or people that have been brewing for a long time, but anybody that has an interest in brewing, uh, not just beer, but mead, ciders, wine, anything that people want to do. We try to embrace that and have people come in and share their experiences and I found that the the really the draw of the club is our openness and our all encompassing sort of
1: Yeah, I noticed coming to those club meetings it's like everyone there is is all sorts of different levels, which is super cool. Yes, super
0: cool to have Absolutely. And we, we love that. We love seeing new people come in that, that say, Hey, I don't I just wanna get involved and I don't really know anything about it, but I wanna hear learn about it. So uh, everybody in the club is very good at embracing those people and finding those people and bringing them in and talking about, you know, how do you get involved in this hobby and how do you how do you make yourself better?
1: So at what point do you think someone should say, okay, I think I want to
0: join a homebrew club? What point do you think that that would be? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, for me, it was I was a year or two into it before I even thought about brewing with the club. I really never had any interest so much in the in the social aspect of it. That wasn't what I was looking for, but I was looking for experiences that other people had. And uh, had I known that at the time, Would I join the club, I would have joined it right when I started. So I think anybody that's getting into homebrewing, they should find a club immediately and and save themselves all the time if they make all those mistakes that everybody else has already made.
1: Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I know that I've had that experience too, where it's like, Oh, I I really should have started this like so much earlier. Mark, did you have that same experience too?
2: Yeah, I think homebrew clubs are really important um, when you have questions that you're just not finding answers from. I mean, you can read magazines, you can troll through the forums, um, asking questions on there, but when you hand someone the beer that you made or whatever you made um, and they're able to comment on it right then and there and you get that immediate feedback and they can be like oh I've also made that mistake before or or, uh, you're doing something I didn't even think of like you can get that reaffirmation rather than just giving it to your friends and they're like oh this is great Mm -hmm. and it's like oh thanks friend like you're being really nice but like one of the benefits in our club is that people are honest like yeah. they're willing to tell you this is good this is bad you could change this you can make this a little better um, like there's just the huge knowledge base between the pro brewers and all the amateur home brewers um, to be able to give that level of knowledge
1: yeah super and I think that a lot of people are have kind of a misnomer that the club is only for people who are really like high end brewers who do it in the field all the time and um, I, I think that even if, you know, if you've if you barely brewed your first Mr. Beer or something like that mm-hmm. you got a bed bath and beyond for Christmas I think that that's a that's a good place to start is just go to a homebrew club and see really how to do this. I know we do a lot of events. Mark is the events coordinator mm-hmm. specifically like big brew days. We've got a couple of those coming yep. up, right? We have
2: a big brew day coming up in the next couple of weeks on the 18th, um, where it'll be an opportunity for people to brew communally, um, sort of the way it used to be done. Everybody would just get together, either brewing similar recipes or brewing different recipes, but seeing how different uh, brewers do it because everybody yeah. has their own style. I mean, the last one we did it was a little over a year ago. Um, I mean, we had a one-tier, like, pr- natural gas burner setup with kegels. We had somebody doing a cooler mash tun system with a 10-gallon boil kettle. I was doing a brew-in-a-bag setup. Um, we'll probably have some extract brewers there just because that's an easier thing to do mm-hmm. on the travel scale. Um, so it's, it's really nice to see everybody's style, and they all start from the same spot, but they're coming up with something a little differently. It's yeah. just their process that works for them.
1: Yeah. Anything else you guys would like to add about what the club is all about and uh, kind of what we do?
0: Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to mention, go back to what you said about uh, the fact that we got people of all experience levels and, and the fact that people may have this perception that the club is only for advanced brewers. And I've heard that a lot at uh, various events. People have said, well, I'm interested in your club, but it seems like everybody's so good and it's kind of intimidating to want to go there because I don't know everything. And I, and I tell them, how do you think we got there? How do you yeah. think we all... Produce good beer is because we spare, we spend the time together to, to learn about it. So come and join it. Come be part of it. Yeah. Cool.
2: Yeah, I think it's really about that social aspect of it doesn't matter where you are, or who you are. I mean, not just experience levels, but we have women in our club. We mm-hmm. have retired individuals. We have young individuals. Like, it's uh, really spans the entire gamut. Working professionals, people that are currently working at breweries or working in homebrew shops, but people that sit behind a desk all day as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it's engineers, scientists, like, just... Laborers, like it's that whole gamut of different people coming together with a central uh, idea of something they want to try and make better.
1: Yeah, if you want to make beer, this is a this is a good place for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're going to talk a little bit about recipe formulation. We're going to talk about a little bit of the stories behind some of these recipes that people have done and some of their brewing experience. Uh, the reason I kind of wanted to try to do this a little bit is to give give the experience, give give exactly what happened in a lot of these kinds of things, because I know that when we end up talking to recipes, we talk about, oh, this this uh, much of, you know, two row, this much of this hop, this much of, of yeast, you know. One of the things that we really don't get into is really the story behind what exactly you brewed, how you brewed it. Um, so I want to ask you guys, What ha, are there any kind of recipes that you might have that you might want to talk about right now? And any kind of recipes that you have that you might have some really good stories from?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I have one recipe that I've brewed a number of times. It's, I like to call it a Simple American uh, IPA. Um, But it's based off of Sweetwater's uh, IPA recipe. They're out of Atlanta, Georgia, Georgia. My friend actually introduced me to him because he's from Georgia. Um, and sort of the recipe, one of the major reasons I really enjoy making it is because it's simple. It's all whole pound additions. It's all whole hop additions. Like one whole ounce at 60 minutes, one whole ounce at 30 minutes. Um, it's eight pounds, not 8.32 pounds <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, and it just makes it really simple. It's some. Uh, it's a recipe that, like I said, I've made probably a dozen times now since I've started homebrewing. But it's uh, it's one that I can just make and not have to think about too hard because it's all pretty standard uh, measurements, standard time marks that I have to hit, um, and I can just really enjoy the day. I don't have to worry about stopping my cooling at 180 degrees to do a five-minute whirlpool edition at, at that time. It's like just very simple, and it comes out good. I, I like it my friends like it people i've given it to find it very tasty and it's just simple it's nothing fancy it doesn't use new experimental hops or anything like that it's i can always find the hops that i want to use um to make it um, because they're regularly available they're oh you can always go to the homebrew store yeah. and get them
1: well, and sometimes those simple brews are the most fun too. Right. Because if you're sitting around doing a brew day, then then trying to you know get a bunch of stuff together, like you said, the mm-hmm. the you know it's not eight point two five; it's just eight pounds, yeah. straightforward. Like mm-hmm. those simple brew days make it so that you can walk away from it a little bit more mm-hmm. and not have to worry about it nearly as much. Which is, I mean, for me as a brewer, uh, that's that's one of the best things for me is mm-hmm. is just being able to have the experience of brewing and then have something great turn out from it. Right, right, Andrew.
0: Yeah, so it's good. Simple is always better. Well, almost always better. But mm-hmm. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of the experiences I had with recipe formulation that I think I think everybody in the club kind of knows about this experience that I had, but I'll talk a little more in detail about how it came to be, is uh, making a jalapeno cream ale recipe. So early on in my home brewing experience, probably about a year into it, when I was just kind of even getting production up and I was kind of just like spottedly brewing here and there, uh, a friend had suggested that we go up to Park City and go to Wasatch and have their jalapeno cream ale. I'd never, I'd never had it before, but I'd heard about it, so we went up there and we tried it. I'm interested to, uh, in Nils' perspective on this story now that he's brewing up there. This will be interesting to hear. But um, <clears throat> so I went up there, I tried it, and I thought the beer was really good, but it was way too hot. It was just like spice bomb. So I was like, you know, this beer is pretty good. I think I could brew something like this, but maybe I can tweak it a little bit to make it better, at least in my perspective. So I searched online for some, something similar, and I found somebody that had also brewed a jalapeno cream ale recipe. So I looked at the recipe, and I thought to myself, this, this makes sense, it looks like a real, you know, legit, simple cream ale recipe, jalapeno additions. So I kind of I copied it, and I brewed it once, and I thought it came out pretty good. So I thought to myself, you know, what can I do to make this better? What can I, what can I improve on here? Because it's easy to copy, and s- sometimes copying is good. We've all copied recipes before, right? There's, mm-hmm. Sometimes there's that's no need to. a common thing these yeah, days. Is there's, there's, we there's always,
1: that. you know, go out and search like what's on BeerSmith yeah. or or any of the other ones out there, and say, okay, so this recipe's got this. How can I tweak it from this? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah there's enough recipes online to last you your entire homebrewing career, and people have sort of, I mean, being only being into the hobby about three years for myself. Um, somebody's probably done it before I have, so yeah. it's. If you're you're ever struggling, like you have a flavor profile that you're looking for, like just hop up on the forums and somebody probably has something similar that it might not be exactly what you're looking for, but you can definitely find something close and then tweak it to your own personal taste.
0: Yeah. You don't have to make the same mistakes someone else has already made. So So yeah, I took this recipe and I looked at it and I thought, okay, so there's really nothing in the recipe in the grain bill that I really want to change. What could I do to improve it? And And in this particular recipe, they were using just Cali ale yeast. And it's cream ale so i'm like maybe i get a little more lager character out of it maybe i can get a little more smoothness out of it that'll help round out those spicy flavors from the peppers so i switched to the uh, white labs cream ale blend and fermented it cooler the second time and i really think it took on a, a nicer character it had a little bit more uh just a hint of that sulfury note that kind of played off the peppers and just a smoother overall mouthfeel. so i was pretty happy with that and then i also realized that uh pepper selection was very important you know, depending mm-hmm. on when you pick them in the harvest, you might get something that's just straight fire, or you might get something that's just kind of green and, and peppery mm-hmm. vegetable. So I spent a lot of time kind of messing with the peppers to really get the right ones, and I found that really improved the beer. So I brewed it about three times, and the third time I entered it uh, in a competition over in Colorado. And in that competition, they were selecting pro-am beers for Great American Beer Festival and happened to be the left-hand brewing, selected that beer to brew. So I was pretty excited about that, because I was still, again, I was still fairly new into my brewing career, and I am like, oh, that was a pretty big deal. Um, and they were really excited about it. They told me, like, this is this is something way different than what we do. We're a German brewery that brews fairly traditional beers, or British beers also, European beers, and this is really not something that's our thing. So they were really collaborative about it. They were like, you know, you, you tell us how to brew this beer. We're not going to tell you how, mm. how to make beer. We're cool. brewing your beer. So I and I didn't have any experience with the professional system, right? So I go over there to brew this beer and we're we're getting ready to mash in and they were like, So we've never used corn before. We don't know how to use corn. So tell us what we need to know about corn. And I'm like, I just throw it in there, man. Just cut the bag open and throw it in, you're good. Mm-hmm. So uh same thing, like the peppers. The the brewer had a farmer contracted to provide the peppers and you know, he, he's like, Come to my house, show me how we're supposed to, you know, grill these things and and get them all set up. So it was very interactive, and I got a lot to I got a lot uh, of input on how the recipe developed over there too, and the things that needed to be tweaked for their system, and and just get some understanding about the difference between the homebrew scale and the production scale, especially on the size of their their brew house. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of interesting to see the recipe was actually I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's way different. I mean the components were the same, but the way that it was produced was a lot different in their brewery than it would be on a homebrew scale. So. Uh, there's a lot of things that need to be tweaked, like Mark was talking about. The intricacies of everybody's system is very important, and that taught me a lot. Even though even though I thought the beer was a little bit different when it came out, I thought it was close enough that I, I felt like it was representative of what we were trying to accomplish, mm. and I really understood the, the process of making these things, all these components fit together.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. that's something really important is, I mean— using pro recipes using online forum recipes it's always adapting it to your home system i mean efficiency is an easy way to start like if you're doing all grain brewing like if they claim an 80 percent efficiency but you only ever hit 75 like that's going to change the alcohol content in the beer um if they have certain things available to them because they live in a certain area especially like pepper selection Um, peppers are different all the time and you need to taste them before you do it like some might not work, some will work. It's always adapting to your own individual taste and your own individual um, preferences of how you lo- like to brew. Because, like, some people, I-, I know some recipes, they're like, I round a lot. I don't like to do quarter editions or eighth editions and stuff like that. It's like, well, it's just easier to do a half or a full half or a full pound and stuff like that. And it'll be slightly different. It might not be exactly what they were doing, but that's good because that makes it yours. And it's Still going to be good, hopefully. I mean, as long as you like it, but I think that adaptation to different systems is important to understand for a lot of newer brewers and experienced brewers because they get stuck into their own system and they move like three blocks down the road and water's different. So you got to be able to adapt and change. <laughs> I want to thank everyone for
1: coming and joining us for the official podcast of the day Brewers. The Brewers Quorum This is the very first one that we're doing. So thanks to Mark Emery for coming out and uh, hanging out with us. Thanks for Andrew Ayers for hanging out with us. I wanted to remind everybody you can find us online. LatterdayBrewers.org is the easiest place to go. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. And if you have any questions or any comments, leave them below on whatever uh, place you're finding this podcast on. Thanks, everyone, and uh, we'll see you next time.
0: The Brewers Quorum is the official podcast of the Latterday Brewers, Utah's premier homebrew club. Visit LatterdayBrewers.org for more info or to join. Today's episode was produced by Eric Openshaw and ESO Audio Arts. Music by Eric Openshaw. Special thanks to Salt City Homebrew Supply. Cheers, everybody.
2: Let's get fucked up!